Good day, blessed people. How do I know what God wants from me? How can I hear His voice? And why do some people say, God told me this or God told me that? These questions will give you a glimpse of what today's episode will be about here on Fishing for Men with Mac. Welcome. This is uh, episode number 57. If you've not listened to this podcast yet, I want to welcome you to the show. This uh, podcast is dedicated to exploring worldview questions and helping Christians defend their faith. It is the 23rd of June 2021 and I'm recording here from Durban, South Africa. So I received a request from my dear brother a few months back to do a podcast on a topic that concerns him and the invitation is open to anybody else out there if you would like me to do a podcast on on any topic that uh, you're wrestling with or you heard somebody talk about. Do not hesitate to let me know. And so this is one of those requests and uh, uh, the request came a few months ago and I haven't dealt with it yet, so um, I hope that he forgives me for that. And I'm going to read to you the message that he sent me so that you have a clear understanding of what it is about. He said the following, A possible subject for your podcast is hearing God's voice. So many people say they hear God's voice audibly. Angus Bachan says, Bachan, God talks, uh, talks to him via nature. Many say that God talks uh, through the Bible. Hebrews says, Today, if you hear my voice, I personally cannot discern God's voice. I have asked the Holy Spirit to shout at me. I so long to hear His voice, to hear His guidance and direction. Uh, a few months later, He sent me a message again. Hi, Michiel. I sent the above suggestion for a podcast a while ago. So... <laughs> Uh, I was a little bit late on that one. Then he says, I think that it, that it is a concern for a lot of believers when they hear other Christians and preachers say things like, God told me. You start to doubt your faith when you cannot hear the Father's voice, when you hear so many people that profess that they can. I'm sure that I am not alone on this. And maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're saying, you know what, I would like to hear what God has got to say to me. And then hopefully this podcast will be relevant to you. Uh, maybe you just want to hear God in, in terms of which way must you go? Must you buy this business? Must you not? Must you move to another town? Must you not? Uh, there might be various decisions that you need to, to make and you'd like to know what God's opinion is about those things. And so this is actually a loaded topic and I'm sort of going to try and direct it in, um, in, in just one direction because there's just too many questions to answer in one podcast. So let me give my opinion on the subject matter. Let me first talk, start talking about why this topic would matter to any non-believers. Remember this podcast really is also, it's not just designed for Christians uh, or for the Christian worldview, but it's designed to answer some questions that other people might have. And so if an atheist is listening to this podcast, why, why would this matter to him at all? Atheists don't believe that God exists. So they would say that anyone who claims to be hearing God is hallucinating and imagining God doesn't exist. And so if you say that you hear God talking to you, he'd say, man, you're crazy. But I would like to say that this topic is the greatest evidence for the existence of God. Billions of people claim they have experienced God. Billions of people. They cannot all be hallucinating, can they? Now, we could say that uh, old Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster, and a Sasquatch, uh, the Bigfoot, is a myth or a fairy tale, right? 
What do you believe about? Do you believe the Loch Ness Monster really exists? Do you believe that Bigfoot really exists? Now, I read up a little bit on old Bigfoot. There has been about 23,000 sightings of Bigfoot in the United States. 23,000 out of 360 million people claim that they've seen Bigfoot. Loch Ness, I think, have been sighted a little bit less, but I heard that is that it has been sighted so far four times this year, 2021. In other words, four people claim that they have seen. Now, quick question. How many people on the planet do you think have heard God speaking to them or have experienced God in some way? Right? It would be millions, wouldn't it? Now, we could say that these animals don't exist. The Loch Ness doesn't exist. And the Bigfoot doesn't exist. But what if a billion people have seen them? What if a million people come forward and they say, we've seen Bigfoot? Would you then believe that Bigfoot probably exists? Yes, you would. Wouldn't you? So that would change things a little bit. But when we talk about God, it's not like 23,000 people have experienced God. No, it's like 23 million people have experienced God just yesterday. Okay, so billions of people have got experience with God. Therefore, it is a statistic, it's statistically more likely that God exists, that God doesn't exist. Okay, so I just wanted to point that out. The fact that people claim they hear God or that people claim they experience God and the sheer number of people who make that claim proves that God exists. Anyways, with that out of the way, let me move on to the topic for today. Let me start off with. Let me just say this. I think we need to distinguish between hearing what God wants to say to all people and what God wants to say to you personally. Right? I think most people want a personal word from God. We want to know what God says about our immediate circumstances. We want to hear Him say our name. And this is why uh, people don't like it when you say, God speaks through the Bible because they say, well, my name isn't in the Bible. There's not a text in the Bible that says, Johnny, you need to do this today and tomorrow, etc. And this is what your future is going to look like. Okay, so we want God to talk to us about our unique things and our unique problems. We want him to mention our names. And this is, by the way, why there are so many prophetic ministries that have developed so widely over the world and have become so popular. Okay, now I don't know if you know what what that means, prophetic ministry. Uh, if you've been in one of those churches, you would know exactly what I'm talking about. I'd like to say that we need to be very careful of this. Okay, what a prophetic message is this? You would maybe go to a church and, and this person would stand in front of the church and would say, Okay, you know, that guy sitting there at the back, I've got a message from God for you. And then he'd go on and he would say, This is what God says about you. This is how God feels about you. This is your future with God, etc., etc. Now that is apparently a prophecy. And the, the churches who do these things, they are just growing in leaps and bounds. Why? Because most people on earth would like to know what God is saying about them specifically. Right. But ladies and gentlemen, we need to be very careful of this. Okay, This is very this this borders very closely to divination and fortune telling. A lot of people want to know what their future is going to look like. And so they go to church and under the guise of a prophet in, in, in the name of God, they get this message from heaven that tells them what their future is going to be like. And it is very you know, the Bible warns us over and over again to stay away from divination to stay away from fortune telling and what is interesting 
okay, about these prophets. You can go listen to some of these prophecies and the things that they say about people. Um, they give people all kinds of wonderful news from God. And it's always just good things. It's always just nice, nice things. Like God wants to bless you. You want to experience. He wants to expand the width of your barns. You want to bless. He wants to bless you financially. If you can listen to all those prophecies, it's all just wonderful things. Yet when we read the Bible, then we read what real prophets said. And when you go read the books of Isaiah and Jeremiah, you find a perfect mixture between condemnation and blessings if they repent. Okay. It's always a call for Israel to repent. The type of prophecies that we read of in the Bible is not the same as the type of prophecies that are going on in the churches uh, around here lately. If you go look at these prophetic ministries, it is just the news or the words that come from God is always just good news. And it's always vague. It's not clear cut and straightforward. Now, if you did listen to last week's podcast, you will remember that I spoke about a lovely family and how the father has been diagnosed with life-threatening cancer. He has been given a max of nine months to live. You know, God can give him nine years if he wanted to. Any case, I want you to keep in mind that story quickly. Because in April of this year, it's now June. Two weeks ago, I think they received the news that the cancer has spread. And basically, it's, a, it's a, nothing they can do about it. So in April of this year... Before he found out about how this cancer had spread, they had cut out the cancer in February. Two months later, so it's February, March, April. So two months after it was cut out and two months before he found out that it has returned, they attended a church where a so-called prophet gave a prophecy over their lives. Okay, so I hope that you're with me here. He found out he's got cancer. They cut out the cancer. Two months later, they are in church and this prophet comes and he gives a prophecy over their lives. Okay. And it's now two months later and he's got the cancer. Now it's spread to his lungs and it doesn't look very good. Now I want to play to you that prophecy. Which is so cool. Luckily the service was recorded uh, on video and I want to play you that prophecy. And I want you to know that when I play this, I'm not um, breaking down the man who's doing the prophecy, his character or anything. I just want us to see why we need to be careful to go look for a word from God from some person who claims to be a prophet. Be very careful of that. So I'm going to play this to you and I'm not going to say much on it, um, but I would like you to go think about it. I'd like you to go think about it. So here is the audio this is what they prophesied over their lives the reason why i ask whether you're married is just simply because if you are married god sees you as one like the three string cord which means that i will speak over you as a unit rather than as individuals that's all the reason only reason why i'm asking can you stand for me please can i get maybe some elders to just gather around this couple I want to tell you that God says He sees you. I want you to know that God says that He's about to bring incredible restoration to you. I feel that the enemy has stolen from you. I feel that He has tried to tell you that you are not worthy. He's been break, breaking you down. And I want to tell you God is saying that He's going to bring incredible restoration to you. I want to tell you God is saying that whatever the enemy has stolen, God is going to give back to you sevenfold. You are coming into a season of incredible restoration. If you will allow Him to do the impossible, I believe God is going to expand your area of influence. I believe God is going to bring in radical breakthrough for you. And I believe God is saying He knows what's inside of you, irrespective of what others tell you. You have been told you don't have this, you don't have this, you do not this, whatever. 
And God is saying he's actually not interested in what others say because he knows who you are and he has called you and he has made you for such a time as this. I want to tell you, God is saying he has not forgotten you. You're not in the back of the rows, in the back of the queue. God is saying actually he's calling you to the front of the queue and he's calling you to be receive an, an incredible blessing that's upon your life. And I want to tell you, God is saying the first birthright he's giving to you right now. I don't know what that means to you, but I'm telling you now, God is saying there's expansion and there's restoration and there's deep, deep-rooted stuff that God wants to remove and bring incredible healing to you. Now, we all would like to hear something like that, right? Right? We would like to hear some good stuff from God. We, we would love to hear uh, somebody tell us, you know what, God is in your favor, your future is good, it's going to be wonderful, you know, that the, the difficult days are past. Um, I think we all want to hear something like that. But if I listen to this message, it's very vague. Okay? It's very vague. I would have said, this man is really from God if he actually stood up and he said, look, you have got cancer in your lungs. It's this type of cancer without meeting them beforehand and then saying, you know what? This is what's going to happen to your life. Then I would say, okay, maybe this guy's got something to say. But this is so vague. It's like something you could might as well have said to anybody in that uh, auditorium. Um, now, this, this is apparently what God is saying to this family. The, the words you heard, that's what God is saying. Don't you think that this would have been a great time for God to have said to them, you know what, I've got a message from God for you today, that you are about to go through the most difficult trial in your life. Within two months from now, you are probably, or you are going to go into a sickbed, and your faith will be challenged. And it is possible that God might have said, you know what, you're going to die this year. We find such an event in the Bible as well uh, with old Hezekiah when the prophet went to him and said to him, you're going to die. Get your life into order. I mean, wasn't this an apt time in that church if God really wanted to speak truth to this family that God would have said, look, in two months time from now, you're going to receive the news that you've got uh, a, a few months to live. You need to get your life into order. Now, three months later, this gentleman is basically lying on his deathbed. And so this prophecy that he received in April is exactly the opposite of what is actually happening in their life currently. Now, what am I saying? Be very careful of modern prophets and to try and go find a word from some other random human being. You don't need anybody between you and God that's going to give you a message from God. You can go to God directly. Okay, so be very careful to go and get a word from some random person in a church that calls himself a prophet. In actual fact, we should be very careful of ever trying to figure out what will happen in our future. We need to trust God with our future. And that is where faith comes in. Go read 1 Corinthians 13 verse 8 to 10. Prophecies have ceased, ladies and gentlemen. What I would also like to say. God has spoken to people in many diverse ways. When you read through the Bible, God speaks to people in different ways. And, you know, it's difficult for us to make a judgment on that and say, no, God doesn't speak like this or he doesn't speak like that. God can speak like he wants to. He used prophets to speak to people. We see that in the, in the Old Testament. We see that in the New Testament. Um, he used angels to speak to people. For example, the angel that appeared to Zechariah and said to a man, you know, what? you're going to have a child. Um, he spoke directly to people from heaven. I mean, he spoke to Jesus at his baptism. This is my son. With him, I am well pleased. Um, listen to him. Um, Jesus spoke directly out of heaven to Saul on the road to Damascus. Now, 
I, I personally, when I study the Bible, I don't believe that we have prophets in, the, in, in today's day and age the same way that we had in the first century. I believe that fully. And for obvious reasons, as you know, I've given you an example now. Um, a true prophet will always be tested with his prophecy being proven to be true. Um, let me remind you, you don't need someone special in order to know what God requires of your life. God can send an angel to come speak to you. But if you look at the times that happened, it was for something earth changing. And so, yes, obviously God can send an angel to come talk to you. But even that I would be very careful of. And um, because uh, Joseph Smith, the founder of the, the Mormon church, believed an angel appeared to him. Um, Muhammad, the founder of the Islamic faith, an angel appeared to him as well. So even that I would be hesitant. If it contradicts the gospel that we find in the word, you, you don't believe that. Galatians chapter 1 tells us that even if an angel from heaven comes and tells you something different than the gospel that, that Paul preaches here, uh, may forever be condemned. So be very, very uh, careful of wanting an angel to come talk to you. Okay, um, It's highly unlikely. And then God could speak directly out of heaven to you. But then there will be other people around you that will also hear God speak, as we see in the case with um, Saul of Damascus, as we see in the case with Jesus as well, that when God spoke from heaven, um, everybody could hear him. Now, we need to remember that under the Old Testament, God was not in people. Okay, Jesus said, basically in the book of John, he basically said that I am now with you, but I will be in you and he's talking about the holy spirit we live in a dispensation in which god now lives inside of us we call him the holy spirit the holy spirit is god in you jesus is god on the cross and the father is god in heaven okay and so now under the new dispensation the reason why god can now live in us in the form of the holy spirit is because our sin has been paid for Okay, we become a vessel of God. We've been made holy through the cross. Now God can live inside of us. So I honestly believe that God speaks to us inside us. And it is deeply personal. In other words, you don't need your ears to hear God. You need an open heart and mind to hear God. And it is very, very personal. I know many people who ask for signs. And so they've got this personal relationship with God and they say, Things to God like, you know what, if I'm supposed to marry this girl, I've got a friend who did that. I can't remember exactly what the circumstances was, but he said to God, look, Lord, if if she asks me to marry her, then I know she's the woman that I'm supposed to marry and that you are communicating with me that way. Or if I if I must buy this business or, or not, please let me have enough money in my account by the 15th of this month. Then I know I must buy the business. And I think that God can work in ways like that. I believe that if we talk to him, yes, I think he could do that. I mean, who, who am I to put a limit on God and, and how he can communicate with us? But we must be very careful of this as well. Why? Because if the business doesn't work out, or that wife that asked you to marry her... If she becomes adulterous, what are we going to do? We're going to blame God. We're going to say, Lord, but you gave me this wife. Or Lord, you, uh, you, you said I must, I must take this business. Rather, I don't believe it's about... I believe it's quite clear for us which decisions we need to make if we know the word. The problem is that we don't know the word and therefore we don't know the will of God. If you know the word... Then you make a decision based on the best way you understand what Scripture says. And then from there, you can know that God is with you. 
you know, I think sometimes we misunderstand how God works. We think that um, we are supposed to make sure that we do what God wants us to do before he will bless us. Sometimes God blesses you when you make a dumb decision. Sometimes we just need to make a decision in faith based on the best that we know. And then God will bless that decision. The best way to hear God is to know God's will. I'm going to repeat that. The best way to hear God is to know God's will. People are often so desperate to hear a special word from God that they don't actually, they don't even go to listen to what God says in his word. And I've seen it in these prophetic ministries. These people, they never read their Bibles. Oh, but they're the first people to be in church and to listen what the prophet has to say to them. They don't even, they can't even test the words of that prophet in, in line with what the, what the Bible says. God will never say anything that contradicts his word. Never, ever, ever. If you want to hear and know the voice of God, you have to read and know the word of God. I'll repeat that. If you want to hear and know the voice of God, you have to read and know the word of God. God is speaking all the time. But many of us aren't listening because it doesn't sound the way we want it to. Most Christians don't hear God's voice because we've already decided that we aren't going to do what he says. And so we, this, is a, this is such a fine line. I believe deep in our hearts we know what God wants us to do. We know it. We just don't want to do it. We don't like what God says. I've never come across anything that anyone went through that was not clearly directed by the word of God. You know, people come, oh, my marriage is this. Oh, I don't want my kids this. Oh, business that. And they, they just don't know what to do. And I'm like, have, have you actually read what the word of God says about those things? And 99.999% of the time, either they haven't read what the word says or they haven't obeyed what the word says. And so when people say they don't hear the word of God, it's like they're saying, I know what the Bible says, but I don't know what God says. It's like, no, 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 you, 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 you're confused, dude. Um, if the Bible says it, God says it. It's the same thing. The problem is that we don't like what God says and requires of us. All we have to do in this life is to know the will of God and do the will of God. It is very simple. Know the will of God and do the will of God every day, wherever you go. You don't need a special message from heaven, an angel or a prophet. God has given us everything that we need. Everything that we need, God has given us through his word and his spirit that lives in us. So instead of going to sit in the field, waiting for a voice from heaven to come down on you, why not sit in the confines of your room and read God's word prayerfully? In my personal life, this is how it works for me. And I can make a judgment on anybody else. But in my personal life, if I read the text and I'm honest with myself and honest with the text, I know exactly what I must do. The text speaks to my heart. The text convicts me. And in that moment, I repent and I say, Lord, I know exactly what to do. Sometimes it's not when I read the Bible. Sometimes it's. Sorry, my Bible just fell. And a page tore off here. But you know what they say, a Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to someone who hears it. Anyways, so, so sometimes it's just 
praying. I, I go on my knees and I pray and I humble myself. And in that moment, as I pray and I seek the God of heaven, it becomes very clear in my mind exactly what I must do. Because the word that I know, the will of God that I understand, because I study the word, is in my heart and my mind. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit is working through me and I'm communicating with heaven. It's like the Trinity is at work all together and it becomes very clear what I must do. Now the question is, am I going to accept it or am I going to reject it? But I want you to go try it. Rick Warren said, we often miss hearing God's voice simply because we aren't listening. Somebody else said, to hear God's voice, you must turn down the world's volume. Sometimes our minds are just so occupied with everything else. We don't actually get into silence with God. Mother Teresa said, God speaks in the silence of the heart. Listening is the beginning of prayer. Oh, and I, I must be honest. I must agree with her there. Listening is the beginning of prayer. You know, we want to talk the whole time to God. We say we want to hear what God says, but we don't actually get quiet and give him time to speak. The problem so often is that we want to hear God's voice, but we don't want him you will not hear God if you haven't found God. And you won't find God until you have been seeking Him with your whole heart. And so the question is not, Lord, where are you? Where's your voice? That's not the question. The question is, are you seeking Him with all of your heart? And are you doing what Scripture says? I want to read us a scripture from Isaiah chapter 30. I'm going to read from verse 15. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, the Holy One of Israel in repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. And just once again, look at this. This is a prophecy. He's saying to them, this is a message from God to the Israelites. Look, if you guys want to be saved, and if you guys want, if you if you want to have strength, what you need to do is you need to repent. All right, you need to repent. You said, no, we will flee on horses. Therefore, you will flee. You said, we will ride off on swift horses, therefore your pursuers will be swift. A thousand will flee at the threat of one, at the threat of five. You will all flee away till you are left like a flagstaff on a mountaintop, like a banner on a hill. <laughs> That's not a positive piece of text. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion, for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. And then he says, O people of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. You see, now it starts getting a beautiful prophecy. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Look at that. When will God answer you? When he hears you calling for help. Why are you calling for help? Because you've repented. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes, you will see them. And God is saying, look, I will send the teachers who will bring the word. Verse 21, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. I'm just going to repeat that. Verse 21, whether you you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So what, what, what do we see here? We see that the Israelites, they didn't hear God. They didn't hear God when they were walking in sin. 
And he says, but if you turn and if you call out to me, I will immediately hear you. I know the content of your heart. And when I'm with you, then I will direct your feet. I will send you the teachers that has been missing. You will hear my voice right behind you. You will know, go left or go right. You won't know which way to turn. You won't receive direction from God if you are far away from him. So don't expect to hear God's voice if you're living in sin and walking in sin. There might be something in your heart that needs to change. Remember what God said. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. So let me conclude. Communication from God is personal. I believe if you ask God for signs, he will talk to you through signs. He can do that if he wants. But I would draw the trust in the word The more you know the word, the more you know God's will. The more you know God's will, the clearer his voice becomes in your heart. And I would make sure in my personal life that I live in repentance and that I honestly seek God with all my heart. If you do that, you will always experience God's direction.